Good morning. We do welcome you. Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent and to our annual all-ages holiday service featuring a cast of thousands. <laughs> this morning, as always, we gather as a diverse and inclusive spiritual community that seeks to inspire love, work for justice, and grow in community. No matter your gender, your age, economic status, political affiliations, affectional or sexual orientation, spirituality or beliefs, you are welcome here. As Unitarian Universalists, we light a flame within a chalice to symbolize the warmth of community and the flame of hope. This morning, our chalice lighter is Reverend Stephen. The old pine is blessed. Long, long ago, King Herod's law forced Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus to flee. One night, when they had to sleep in the middle of a forest, they crept inside an old, hollow pine tree. The tree gently lowered its branches to conceal them until Herod's soldiers had passed. When morning came, baby Jesus raised his arms and blessed the old pine. And it is said then and now that if you cut a small pine cone lengthwise, you can still see the imprint of the Christ child's hand. The garment of life, be it tattered and torn, the cloak of the soldier is withered and worn. But what child is this that was poverty born, the peace of Christmas Day? The branch that bears the bright holly, the dove that rests in yonder shines for all to see the peace of Christmas Day. The hope that has slumbered for two thousand years, the promise that silenced a thousand fears, a faith that can hobble an ocean of tears, the peace of Christmas Day. The branch that bears the bright holly, the dove that rests in yonder tree, the light that shines for all to see, the peace on Christmas Day. And all the grief that people may bear, total strife and troubles and care, Put them in columns and leave them right there, the peace on Christmas Day. The branch that bears the bright holly, the dove that rests in yonder tree, the light that shines in all to see, the peace of Christmas Day.
was a little girl, we spent Christmas Day at my grandparents' house. This time of year brings with it memories of my grandfather. He was a Methodist minister and a master storyteller. I remember sitting in his lap, snuggled in for the next great story. When I think of these special times with my grandfather, I can smell the pine Christmas tree. I can smell the ham cooking in grandma's kitchen. I can hear his baritone voice clearly. And I smile remembering the sheer joy in my grandpa's extremely goofy laugh. And I can feel what it felt like to be little again. I tell my children stories of my, children's, of my childhood Christmases just like my mom told me stories of hers. When we tell stories, we pass on lessons and gifts, not the kind of gifts that we eagerly await from the jolly old little elf, but gifts like roots, memories, hope, and wings. Peter Forbes writes, stories create community They enable us to see through the eyes of other people and open us up to experiences of others. You see, part of the magic of telling stories is that once they are told, they become living and breathing things. This morning, through the voices of families in our own community, we celebrate stories. From the simple beauty of the evergreen tree to the hopes of children and the love of family, however that looks for each of us. Let us open our hearts to what awaits us here this morning and celebrate this web of life of which we are all a part. Come, let us worship and tell stories together. When the doves sing, Hearts Mountains, Germany. Once upon a time, on a Christmas Eve, long, long ago, a severe winter storm raged through the mountains. Heavy with sleet and snow, the wind howled and whirled violently with such force that it splintered even the mightiest trees and sent them crashing to the valleys below. The only ones that could withstand the terrible temper of the north winds were the old majestic firs who held on steadfastly with their gnarled roots. In occasional brief lulls, the fir trees could hear the frightened cries of small white doves who were being flung to and fro by the powerful winds. Oh, oh, we're going to die! (laughs) Oh no, I'm afraid we're going to die. We must save ourselves somehow. How can we get out of this storm? The trees called into the wind, knowing it would carry their message to the birds. Come to us, come to us, do not be afraid. Come to us, we will protect you in our branches. The exhausted doves, using their last reserves of strength, flew into the welcoming arms of the giant firs. And there, the doves stayed, safely sheltered in the sweet-smelling branches of the gentle trees, until the storm was over. And when at last the world was quiet and the sun had peeked out from behind the last remaining clouds, the birds burst into joyous song. We will make our homes with you. We will sing our praises to you. We will sing to you forever, wherever we go. You shall be the sacred home of birds. Of birds all over the world. 
So now, when you hear doves singing their sweetest, you will know that they, they are singing in gratitude to the wonderful fir trees that gave them the gift of love. I want to tell you a special story about a Christmas tree whose name was Alfie. Did you ever hear the story of the Christmas tree who just didn't want to change the show? He liked living in the woods and playing with squirrels. He liked bicycles and snow. He liked wolves and eagles and grizzly bears and critters and creatures that crawled. Why, bugs were some of his very best friends, spiders and ants and all. Now that's not to say he never looked down on the vision of twinkling lights or on mirrored bubbles and peppermint canes and other thousand delights. He often had dreams of tiny reindeer and a jolly old man in a sleigh full of toys and presents and wonderful things and the story of Christmas Day. Oh, Alfie believed in Christmas all right. He was full of Christmas cheer all of each and every day and all throughout the year. To him, it was much more than a special time, much more than a special day. It was more than a beautiful story. It was a special kind of way. You see, some folks have never heard a jingle bell ring, and they've never heard of Santa Claus, and some have never heard the story of a god of love. And that made Alfie pause. Did that mean that they'd never know peace on earth or the brotherhood of man? or know how to love, or know how to give? If they can't, no one can. You see, life is a very special kind of thing, not for just a chosen few, but for each and every living, breathing thing, not just me and you. So in your Christmas prayers this year, Alfie asked me if I would ask you, Will you say a prayer for the wind and the water and the wood and those who live there too? It's in In old Chicago, there once lived a humble cobbler. 
all day long. The door to his shop swung to and fro as customers came and went with pairs of shoes. He worked by a smoky coal stove, tap-tapping leather with his fine shoemaker's tools. As Christmas drew near, he called his children to his side to tell them the story of how, before they had ever been born, he and their mother had sailed deep inside a steamship from Germany to America. And do you remember, my children, what it is, the one thing that we brought with us to remind us of our old home? Oh, yes, Papa, yes. You brought the box to remind us. Yes, you're right. The box. I brought our box. Then the cobbler climbed the stairs. In a few moments, he returned with a painted box. The drawers of the box were lined with soft green felt, and inside them lay beautiful blown glass ornaments. One by one, the cobbler gently lifted them out to show the children. Here is a golden sleigh that belonged to my great-grandpapa. That one's my favorite, Papa. Here is the silver angel I've had since I was a girl. I love I love that angel best of all. The wings are so beautiful. And here is the bell your father and I have cherished since our wedding day. For the top of the tree. Yes, yes, for the very top of the tree. And there were many other beautiful memories. The box was full. These ornaments came with us across the sea, so children, Be very careful with them. Do not break a single one. They remind us of home. Next week, we will find a special Christmas tree to put them on. Now off to bed, children. Good night, night, Mama. Good night, Papa. But that night, as the family slept peacefully upstairs, the coal stove puffed smoke while inside the stovepipe, a soft crinkling grew louder and louder. Until it became a fiery roar. Soon, the stovepipe glowed red hot. The wallpaper near it began to smoke, then burst into flame. The cobbler wakened. I smell smoke. Wake up. Wake up. Mother, get the children. There's a fire. Run, run! As the family dashed out, flames gobbled up the curtains and licked the rafters. The box, the box. I'm scared, I'm so scared. I'll get the box, son. You help your mother and sister. Hurry, hurry, raise the alarm. The cobbler ran back through the flames. Finding the box in the corner of his workshop, he rescued the precious ornaments. And although firefighters fought the fire for hours, they could not save the cobbler's shop. By dawn, everything had burned to ashes. The cobbler stood in the snow, hugging his wife and children. Oh, Papa, what will we do now? Will, will we win? Oh, this is terrible, terrible. But thankfully, we're all alive with no one hurt. And look, children, Father has the box. Come, children, come. Our good friends will help us. Kind neighbors gave the family food and warm clothes, and someone told them where there was an old abandoned farmer's shack they could stay in. So, clutching the oak box, the cobbler trudged off through the snow with his family. Dust covered everything inside the little shack, and cobwebs filled the rafters. An old broom stood in a bare corner by a rusty stove. The cobbler's wife took the broom and began to clean the room. She was just about to sweep the cobwebs away when her husband touched her arm. Dear wife, stop. Please don't take their homes. Yes, Mama, please let them stay. 
Who's Holmes, husband? What do you mean? I mean the little spiders who live up in the rafters. We lost everything, but they need not do the same. Those webs are their homes. Let them stay, my dear. Please, Mama. Of course, children. We would not want any creatures, no matter how small, to suffer the loss of their homes. Up in the rafters, tiny legs scurried this way and that. Tiny eyes gazed down. The cobbler's wife put down her broom. After the children fell asleep, the cobbler and his wife talked quietly. Husband, what will we do now? How will we survive? In order to work, I must have new tools and also new leather. But now we have nothing. The cobbler held his wife's hand. That's not so, my love. We are not left with nothing. We have each other, you and I and our dear children. And we have the box. Darling, we can't... The ornaments are worth a great deal. Darling, we can't sell the ornaments. But we must. We have the children to care for. But don't tell them. Not just yet. The next day, the cobbler went into town. When he had sold all of the family's precious ornaments, he had enough money to buy tools and shoe leather. When Christmas Eve came, the family found a little green fir tree at the edge of the woods. They dragged the tree home and stood it up in their bare shack. But our ornaments will remind us of home. Yes, where are they, Papa? Yes, Papa, where are they? Well, children, we don't have the ornaments any longer, but we have something much more precious. Papa, what do you mean? Yes, Papa, what do we have that is more precious than the ornaments? We have each other. And look how beautiful our tree is, green with just a bit of melting snow on the branches. See how the candlelight sparkles in the drops? Those will be our ornaments. It's beautiful, is it not? Yes, Mama, it looks beautiful. Yes, it does. It really does. That night, as the family went to sleep and the house grew quiet, up in the rafters, something strange began to happen. Tiny legs began to scurry this way and that. And soon, at the end of a thin silver thread, a small spider dropped down onto the bare tree. Another spider followed. And another, and they started to spin. As the moon peeked in through a window to watch, the spiders spun intricate webs on the tree. They were tirelessly all through the night. When the sun began to rise, they went back to their homes in the rafters. As the rays of the Christmas Day sun crept along the floor and silently climbed the tree, the glow touched the threads of the webs, turning each one into silver and gold. When the cobbler awakened, he was amazed. He woke his wife, and together they carried their children to look at the shimmering tree. Merry Christmas, my little ones. Merry Christmas, my darlings. Look at the tree. Look at what has happened. Oh, my. The tree. Our tree is covered with lace. <laughs> it's covered with gold and silver. The spiders. The spiders did it. The spiders are sharing our Christmas. The cobbler and his wife beamed as they hugged their little ones close. This is a special gift. The spiders have given us a precious gift. This tree will bring us great joy, and the sparkling cobwebs will remind us of home. Which home, Papa? 
Yes, which home, Papa? The cobbler and his wife gazed with tears in their eyes at their children and at the shimmering tree. This home, children. This home. Underneath the surface, Underneath the surface. Hidden, down hidden down below, there's a story waiting, there's a story waiting, waiting to be told, waiting to be told, deep inside the story, deep inside the story, there's wonder to behold. Passion, joy, and sorrow. Passion, joy, and sorrow. Gifts as pure as gold. Gifts as pure as gold. In every rock and every stone, a thousand voices find a home. And every seed of every form awaits a secret to be born. So listen for the whisper. If you do, it'll turn into a memory to hold. Listen for the rocks and trees and the bumblebees around you. Everywhere you know that there's a story to unfold. Underneath the surface, hidden down below, there's a story way. Listen, 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 and you'll know. A Christmas Spider's Miracle by Trinka Hakes Noble. Long ago, in the land of old Ukraine, there once was a winter so bleak and so cold that the peasant folk feared it might never end. The little villages and farms shivered under a frozen mantle of deep snow. The pale sun made little difference as the cold nights grew longer and longer. Folks could barely wait for Christmas Eve. That long, cold night when everyone would light candles to fill the darkness with hope. Oh, how they'd make such merriment to celebrate the coming of Christmas. For it was only then that the sun would return to lengthen and warm the days. Nearby, in a tumble-down cottage, lived a loving mother and her children. This poor peasant woman earned what little she could by mending other people's clothes. But there was never enough. Certainly not for Christmas and Christmas Eve was almost here. The Christmas market was crowded with shoppers as the poor mother crossed the village square to deliver her mending. Festive stalls were overflowing with Christmas presents. Brightly colored toys, twinkling trinkets, warm woolly mittens, snug embroidered scarves, spiced cakes, braided breads, and honeyed goods stacked high. Shiny decorations and sparkling tree ornaments Merrily, folks hurried and scurried to and fro, gathering everything they needed for Christmas. But the poor mother could buy nothing. 
Alas, I have no money for gay hair ribbons, nor warm woolly mittens, no honeyed things, not a sprig of greenery, nor the smallest toy, not even the tiniest ornament, nor the thinnest strip of tinsel. No, not one little bit of Christmas can I buy for my children. The only thing she could afford was one spool of thread for mending. There was nothing for her to do but to go home empty-handed. But when the mother opened her door, her children were rosy with excitement. They pranced and danced about her. Mama, Mama, come sit down, dear mother. Mama, what do you feel up and wash? Let me get slippers for you. Let me warm your hands in mine. Then with great fanfare, the children went and got a steaming bowl of watery turnip gruel to place before their mother, for it was all they had. The mother clasped the bowl with joy and said, Oh, my dear sweet little ones, you remembered. For it was the custom throughout the land for children to bring their parents a dish of food as a treat on Christmas Eve. Mama, of course we remember. Of course we did, Mama. We love you. We love you, Mama. And I love you. What a wonderful gift you've given me. Thank you, my dear children. Thank you. The mother closed her eyes, breathed the wispy vapors, and took a small sip. The thin turn of gruel warmed her heart and nourished her soul, for it had been made by the little hands of her loving children. Oh, my. This is delicious. You both must taste it. Like hungry baby birds in a nest, the children eagerly opened their mouths for their mother to share her soup with them. Mm, what a Christmas Eve feast. It's delicious, isn't it? Yes, it tastes wonderful, doesn't it? Mm, yes, a feast. And the three smiled at each other with love. That night, as the poor mother covered her beloved children with the thin quilt she'd sewn from scrap, she whispered, Now sleep, my little ones. I'll keep watch over you. Outside, the frozen mantle of snow glistened like a diamond-studded cape, its icy blue crystals reflecting the silent, shimmering stars above. All was hushed. The whole world was silent and still. They were waiting for Christmas. At the edge of the forest, in this bleakest of winters, lived a mother spider who knew nothing of Christmas. She had set up housekeeping with her children in a small fir tree, for she did not think it safe to live in a house. People did not take kindly to spiders, though Mother Spider did not understand why. Spiders are helpful. They rid houses of pests like flies and moths. But alas, fear of spiders is the way of things. So Mother Spider did her best to stay away from people to mind her own business and to weave her webs and feed her children. One day before Christmas, as the dark afternoon waned into the freezing night, Mother Spider became worried. I must take great care as I spin warm little pockets for each of my tiny spider babies. Sleep, my little ones. Mother will keep watch over you. But as Mother Spider wrapped her eight slender legs around her children, she feared they may not survive long, the long frigid night. Soon the piercing cold overtook her, and she descended into a deep, silent sleep. Back in the little cottage, the poor mother's heart was breaking, for she had nothing to give her good children on Christmas morning. 
At the very least, she decided to fetch a small tree from the forest, even though she had nothing to decorate it with. She stepped lightly across the frozen crust until she came to a small fir tree at the edge of the forest. Oh, how perfect you are, little tree. How beautiful. Please come home with me. The children will love you. And she took the little tree home. She placed a small fir tree in the window where her children would see it first thing when they awoke. Then she sat at her sewing table and drew patterns of the ornaments she had seen in the Christmas market. A shepherd's crook. A silver bell. A gossamer angel. A crystal snowflake. A dancing elf. But I have only mismatched bits and pieces, frayed odds and ends, one broken button and snippets of old thread. Alas, I can't fashion a single ornament. Overwhelmed with sadness, the mother slipped into a troubled slumber. But meanwhile, someone else was just awakening. Even though the humble cottage was cold, it was still warmer than the forest had been. Mother Spider began to stir, then yawned and stretched her eight slender legs. Suddenly, with great alarm, she realized she was not in the forest, but in a house. Oh, no! A house! This is dangerous. I must gather my little spider legs and flee. But when she saw the sleeping mother and the two children sweetly nestled together under a thin quilt of scraps, her fear began to vanish. Hmm, let me drop down for a closer look. Being an expert weaver and spinner herself, Mother Spider couldn't help but admire the mother's fine stitching on the quilt and the exquisite mending of every tear. And being a mother herself, she couldn't help but move to cover up the child's exposed toe, slip a nightcap over a tiny ear, and tug that thin quilt up under two little chins. Mother Spider whispered to the sleeping peasant woman, You and I, Mother, we are the same. Just two poor mothers trying to keep our children warm on this cold, cold night. You have saved me and mine from freezing by bringing us inside your home. Perhaps I can repay your kindness. With a true artist's sense of design and an expert knowledge of weaving all things, Mother Spider studied the peasant woman's drawings and patterns, She examined the bits of thread and the frayed snippets, and gathering everything together, she scurried back to the little fir tree. Suddenly, in the corner of the window, a fluttering moth caught her eye. Oh my, the last thing this poor woman needs is more moth holes to mend. Also, this moth will make a lovely Christmas dinner for my spiderlings. Thank you, moth, for feeding my family. Quickly, she dispatched the moth, wrapped it in silk for tomorrow's dinner, and then set to her spinning. On that night of nights, that Christmas Eve so very long ago, one busy little spider darted back and forth, over and under, around and through, silently weaving and spinning all night by the soft light of the stars as they shone down on the tumble-down cottage, silently keeping watch over all those who dwelt within, both human and spider. On Christmas Day, the morning sun rose strong and bright through the window. The spider spinnings and weaving shimmered and glimmered when the humble mother and her children awoke. They gazed in wonder at the miraculous sight before them. There, on the tree, was a shepherd's crook, a silvery bell, 
Above it, above it, a delicate silken angel floated. A snowflake woven with bits of white thread sparkled like a crystal. An elf at the, with a half button for a hat danced merrily. We have, we have a Christmas tree, and it's covered with beautiful ornaments. The children's eyes gleamed, and their mother's eyes tearfully glistened. This, this is Christmas. Christmas is here. Christmas is really here. That Christmas day, one family feasted on thin turnip gruel, while another dined on moth. Both families felt richly blessed. Both were surrounded by the comfort and security of a warm home, and both were embraced by the love of the ones they held most dear. A small spider's Christmas miracle bring happiness to all. Even to this day, if you see a spider on Christmas Day, it will bring you good fortune for the whole year. But just to be sure, Christmas trees across the land all have one very special ornament. A sparkling jewel spider. On the night of Christ's birth, living creatures from far and wide journey to the stable in Bethlehem to honor the, the newborn king and to bring him gifts. Even the trees of the forests came. The olive gave its fruit. The palm brought its dates. Every tree had something to offer, except the tiny fir. It had come a long distance and was so weary it could barely stand. Bustling for the best positions, the larger trees pushed the little fir into the background where it could not be seen. But nearby, two angels saw what was happening. They felt sorry for the sad little tree. They went to the stars and asked some of them to come down to rest in the fir's branches. The stars agreed. They alighted in the fir's branches and shone like glowing candles. When baby Jesus saw the lovely sight, his heart filled with gladness. He smiled. And he blessed the happy little tree. Then he declared that fir trees should evermore at Christmas time be decorated and lit up to warm the hearts of children everywhere. And so they are. And so they do. Christmas Cricket by Eve Bunting. It was cold in the garden. Cricket felt small and worthless in the bigness of night. So he hopped up some steps. Under a door. And into a kitchen. He jumped, jumped across something that felt cold like frozen snow. Skid skidded across somewhere that it was as slippery as pond ice. And onto a rug that felt as soft as spring grass. Cricket hop-hopped around and into and out of things and over to a tall tree with round globes and lights and stars clinging to it. He jumped onto a low branch, hid himself, and began a song. Then he heard a soft voice say, I thought I heard an angel on top of the tree singing. The voice was so close that it scared Cricket into silence. What should he do? He must not be found. Should he jump? Should he try to get away? Should he stay hidden? Then he heard a bigger voice. I thought I heard singing too. A finger gently swung the branch he was perched on. What was happening? Cricket felt dizzy. He held on tight. 
Everything around him was swaying and swishing and tinkling. Then the swinging stopped. The big voice spoke again. Sweetheart, did you know that angels sing in the songs of birds and frogs and people and even crickets? The voice was so gentle that it calmed Cricket's pounding heart. No, Dad, I did not know that. Angels sing in the voices of crickets. That Cricket hadn't known that either. Well, that meant, though he was small, he was still important. What a great discovery. Shall we sing with the angel? Yes, please, let's all sing. Together, the two sang joyful songs, and feeling at home in his lovely hiding place, Cricket happily rubbed his wings, one against the other, for his own joy. And he sang, and he sang, and he sang. These are the words of Victoria Safford. Now is the moment of magic, and here's a blessing. We already possess all the gifts we need. We've already received our presence. Ears to hear music, eyes to behold lights, hands to build true peace on earth, and to hold each other tight in love. And now knowing we already possess all the gifts we need to build peace on earth and hold each other tightly in love, let us go forth in joy and in hope to continue inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing in community. May it be so. Blessed be. And amen.